You're listening to the Corporate Quitter Podcast, where it's all about exploring possibilities for making an honest living outside of the traditional nine to five. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the 10th episode of the Corporate Quitter Podcast. I'm so excited to have today's guest on. His name is Kawan Karadagi. He stumbled into fitness and journeyed his way into becoming a master trainer. He now owns and helps operate multiple gyms, but he also hosts his podcast called Valueverse, where entrepreneurs, influencers, and thought leaders talk about their stories of personal mastery, growth, and success, which I think are like the hottest topics that everyone wants to hear about right now. So thank you so much for coming on. I think you're going to provide so much value to the listeners. Hey, thank you so much. I really appreciate being on and super excited and honored to be here. So um, thank you. Yeah, so what's your story? Like, how did you go from becoming a personal trainer to now being a multi like gym owner? What is the, mm-hmm. what, what steps led you to where you are now? So, you know, it's, uh, it's a long one. I'm going to make it, you know, somewhat digestible and, and leave out the, not leave out the good stuff. So I went, <laughs> so I basically started off as uh, actually believe it or not, I was pursuing a career in entertainment and really? um, yeah, trying to try and do the acting thing, you know? So I did that and it was, I always say it's like one vehicle that leads to another, right? So I went and I thought this is what I wanted to do. And I was in my 20s and I was like, you know, I was set on it. I was like, this is it, you know, because I had been spending so much time trying to find my identity and trying to find what I was good at, right? Which is something that's like so difficult because you can't, you got all these things going running through your head and you're like, there's so many options, right? So I go and I'm like, okay, I moved to, to Los Angeles after like a mentor basically, you know, suggested I try acting and he then... I have a lot to owe him, honestly. And so I, I went and then I, I met a buddy at an acting class and he moved with me. And, you know, one day he knocked on my door and said, you know, do you, you want to go for a run? And I was like, no, I definitely don't want to <laughs> run. <laughs> you know, I, I don't want to do that. I'll drink and a then, beer, but I don't know yeah, about that. I was, yeah, I'll drink a beer. And I used to smoke a pack a day. So it was like, um, that was the last thing that I wanted to do. So I went and, you know, I, there's like a curious part of me that just said, you know what, just, let's just do it. So I, I did the run and it, no joke, like nearly killed me. Right. <laughs> and I was like, wow, like what just happened? And so I felt so much pain from that. And I got like, I was, you know, just, just not feeling good. And so then he came back and then he was like, Hey, let's, let's go again. And I said, okay, I'll, I'll try it again. And I, I went again and I was a little bit better than last time. And I think I, like, that's what it kind of all started. I love that. I like the feeling of getting improvement of, okay. of showing like a tangible, okay, you're, you're not, you don't suck that bad as you did. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well, that's cool. All right. So let me, I'm going to explore it. I'm going to do a little bit more, a little bit more. So I stuck with it. And then, you know, that same guy said, Hey, you, you want to, you know, join a gym with me. Right. And I he said, you would have put about five pounds of muscle on you by now. And so when Susie said that, I was like, man, this, I just lost all this time. I can't believe it. I could have been like jacked, you know? So I went and I said, all right, well, I, I went, I rode my bike. I didn't have a car. So I rode my bike to the gym. Two, like, <laughs> it was like three miles. It was like 90 degrees. We were talking about the weather. That's when I was like, man, I got to go back to Virginia. It's cold there. <laughs> yeah. And so I was like, okay, I went, I signed up with the gym. I was like, Hey, I signed up. And then, you know, it's, it's funny, but I just, I stuck with it and I, I loved working out pretty soon. I was, I was replacing what I was doing with, you know, auditions and acting with, with working out. I was, I wasn't about to skip a workout. Right. So I kept working out. I kept doing it. And I met another guy who said, Hey man, you know, you're at the gym all the time. You ever thought about being a trainer? And I always say it's, it's the questions that people ask you that can change your life. Right. If you give, Dude, yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of, I just, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it, but I, I just, I ran with those, you know, and I answered them basically. So I went and I was, it was like this perfect storm is what I call it. I was going through this financial like crisis where I didn't know where I was going with my life. I didn't know what I was doing. I was thinking about moving back to Virginia because I, you know, I'd gotten a call that I wasn't going to be at this apartment. I had to move out because I had a roommate, and it was one of the best phone calls that I got because it it caused me to to look at my life and say, you know, what what are you doing? What's going on? 
You know, you're just sitting around waiting for the phone to ring. So when I did that, I, I took that guy up and, you know, I basically went and met the fitness manager at the time. And he gave me a interview and said, hey, if you get certified, I'll hire you. Wow. That's so awesome. Yeah. And then I was just super lucky. I went, I got certified. It was like, I was like, Hey, I bought my certification. He's like, Oh, but you got to study for this for like six months. And you know, we got to hire you like quicker than that. He's like, if you go to this weekend course, like you'll get it in like two days. And I was like, all right. So I, I went, I got signed. It was like two weeks. So I had to like study, like rush over there. I took the exam. I passed. I thought I failed. <laughs> and then I went back and I was like, Hey, I passed and, and I got hired. Right. So that was kind of it in a nutshell. That's really how it went down. I still got my other one, which I definitely recommend is just like taking a little bit more time to, if you want to become like a quality trainer, it's the education's <laughs> important for like a weekend course. I don't think is the only thing and, and experience, you know, but it was, it was that, that's kind of the, the training route. And then from there, I, I met my business partner who also took an interest in me and I'm very grateful for that. And was your business partner someone you met at the gym or it was like, you know, someone that you actually worked with? Like, how did you even find that person? Yeah, he was at the gym. He was like this, you know, more revered like manager because he was all his results driven. And I was always fascinated by club managers, right? I always had kind of like a curiosity of leaders in general. And, you know, so I would always pop in the office and pick their brain. Right. And I still believe in that till this day. You know, if there's somebody that's doing something you want to do, talk to him, ask some questions, try to shadow him totally. or her. Right. And then just, just absorb that. So I, I would just pick his brain and I took me a little bit and, you know, we started becoming a little bit closer and cause he had to like, he was like a manager and I was like the assistant fitness manager at the time. And so it was like, I wasn't like a real manager yet. <laughs> so, so I was like, Hey, you know, like what's going on? And so, you know, he asked me one day, you know, he said, you ever thought about, you know, doing a business? And again, you know, it was just that question. And I said, you know, that's, uh, I said, no, I said, well, how, how do you do that? What's that about? <laughs> and then he, he brought up a gym idea and, you know, we ran, we ran with it. We just started looking into the, into the gyms. So he was a manager, but he didn't own the gym. And so you, like both of you were just like, okay, let's like find a space. Let's come like, so basically was the concept like more of a CrossFit thing, like a hit type of so we, the- we were trying all sorts of things, right? We were like, you know, what if we try and like, you know, sell, I don't know, some clothes, we'll get like a name brand and, and do something. <laughs> I was like, I don't know anything about that. And so we, we, we got into a franchise anytime fitness is what eventually happened when we left there. So it was only until after we left and, and then that's when that started. So anytime fitness was, uh, so it's like a 24 seven gym and just a, a full access gym. Yeah. Cool. So then, okay. So you decided to, to run with that. And then how did you go from one gym with your business partner to now multi gyms? And are you with the same partner in the other gyms as well? Yeah. So I have two other business partners and Dan and David, and basically, you know, it's so funny, but everyone on a team, the most important thing is, is the different strengths that people have. And, you know, one guy's really adaptable and he's always on, I want to say the offense more, right? So he's always looking out and seeing ahead and taking actionable moves for the future, right? And so it kind of just, we went around, you know, looking at existing gyms because, you know, a typical build out for a gym takes about, you know, six months. I can only imagine it. So, right. right? And then you got to have like turf and then you have to have this special floor. That's like, when, if you drop a weight, oh. like no one's going to, it's not going to break. It's not, no one's going to hear anything. There's soundproofing co- codes, coding. There's probably so many things. That's oh man. Yeah. Permits, all the stuff that's going on, right. Things that you don't even know are going to happen. Like unforeseeable. So gym equipment. fucking expensive, so expensive. Like I didn't realize my, so this past, like during COVID we had ended up selling, we had like a huge rack and like a couple of weights. I did not realize that you for weights, you pay, I think it's like 40, what is it? Like 40 cents per pound or like four, whatever. I don't remember what the actual conversion mm-hmm. rate, but it's like so ridiculously expensive when you get up in pounds, which makes sense. But like, again, like if you think about a giant gym, if that's how much weights are, imagine how much like a freaking elliptical is a Smith's machine, like all of it. It's probably so expensive. Oh, exactly. And then you have like things that happen along the way, like Oh, this thing can't be shit because you know it's doesn't fit in the diameter, the, like the doorway or something. Oh, wow, we gotta like too. pay extra. And there was just like these unforeseeable things that happened. So, 
So the build out in itself, we thought, man, you know, this would take forever to like to, to build each new gym because you got to find the space. So we went about through about 150 locations just to get the uh, first in California. One. California. We, we went to Vegas. We were in California. <laughs> I mean, we went all over the place. And then even in LA, we were looking and it, we just couldn't find anything. So we got to San Diego and looking there, there was like, you know, we're like, okay, well, what if we got these existing gyms and, and acquired those? Like, that's, that's probably the way to go. So that, that saves you three to six months right there. Mm-hmm. So we, we just changed our strategy to just kind of look for existing ones. So you was know, it like was, a like a planet fitness or like a crunch that maybe wasn't doing well, or they were just willing to like move on to something new or they were smaller, like private gyms. So these were, yeah. Yeah. Boutiques private. Exactly. These were kind of like already existing any times that either had gone out or they were for sale or the owner was interested in selling. So, but we always keep our eyes open for those other ones too. Is there, you know, buildings, you know, vacated, you know, majorly. And so uh, even those existing gyms that, wanted out would so we would go after those that were existing or had the already member base so you take it on so easy then there's no like i always thought about that too right these gyms pop up like especially in manhattan are always these small little cube boutique like yoga pilates like hit class whatever thing like how the hell do you find people like, how do you even start that if you, and if you already have people like, that's great. <laughs> They're already yeah. there. You just, it's just a cha- like a transfer of ownership and maybe branding and like some other things, but like, that's it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and finding them is like, it's a whole art in itself, you know, and that's where the branding, like you said, comes in is super important. Uh, once people recognize that, that that's a big one. That's one of the benefits of a franchise. Because it's the branding's there, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's like, if it's Kawan's gym, they're like, okay, like what's what's going <laughs> on there? Like, you know, who's this guy, right? But um, I feel like that that's a that's a big plus. And then with the existing members, you get, you know, it's just so so much less work that you have to put into it to acquire all those, right? And then yeah, the build totally. outs and and the energy and the time. So I feel like your number one asset is is time. Yeah. That's like, I'm discovering that more and more as I get older, that things might be expensive, but it's actually worth it for me to buy them and save my time because I can always make more money. I can't get back more time. That's exactly right. Like that's exactly right. And like, maybe that I have to do a credit card swipe here and there to like make something work in my business. But like, that's going to save me like, I don't know, a headache or like, like, for example, I interviewed someone on Wednesday and she, she's actually in the middle of doing a tech startup for like RVs to find spots, which is pretty cool. But she was saying like, I had gone the shortcut of like hiring crappy developers to build up my website and whatever else in the beginning. Mm. And it ended up backfiring because I took a shortcut of paying, doing cheap versus like actually paying expensive. And then I had to like pay that. And then I had to pay someone who like legitimately did it well, got what I wanted in the end, but you had to pay double, right? Not worth it. That's exactly right. When it comes to some things, it's like that. You got to look at that value and, and cost ratios. I try to do a lot more of before when I was younger. And I think that's an important one for, for anyone that's younger is to realize what that's looking like. You know, I worked restaurants, you know, and it, it was so it's kind of like, and there's nothing wrong. Restaurants are great. They taught me big, you know, big, big lessons and principles and work ethic and just conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Just human nature, conversation, connecting with people, meeting like all kinds of people. I wouldn't be where I am without the restaurant I worked at. Cause I literally met everybody through there. It's so funny, but everything leads to something, you know, and I think that's all a big experiences message. like prepare for what you're working on now. That's exactly right. And it's so wild. It really is. <laughs> it's it's so all connected wild. like that. And it was, so it was, I was looking, I was doing the restaurant thing and I was like, okay, you know, what am I, how long am I doing this? And it was like, you got those, those tips at the end of the night and it was awesome. It was like a quick buck, but that's exactly what it was. And I was like, okay. And it was so funny, but back then my thinking wasn't like that because I was like, you exchanged like eight hours and you got this money now. And I was like, but that eight hours is like, not, it's not, it's gone now. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, but this is work. Like it's, it's important. Right. And I'm like, yeah, it's important. I was like, but your time is also important, but it took me a long, long time to, you know, wrap my head around that concept because the exchange for money for time wasn't something that I was programmed to do or wired to think, you know, I was, I was always wired to think the opposite, which was, was working hard 
But, you know, I've heard a great, great quote. I think it was Jim Rohn that said, it was like, don't mistake busyness for achievement. Yeah. That's something I learned. Like it was clear as day for me for that, like that phrase last year during COVID, because I worked in like a hedge fund for so long and like doing all these crazy things and like the schedule that's never open, right? If I'm not relaxing, I'm doing laundry. Like it's, it's always something. And once it all shut down, I was like, I almost felt dead inside because the productivity or like the busyness that I had was gone. And I had to redefine what like success and like happiness meant Mm. to me because I had been so like attached to the idea of like always doing something and like, no, you can relax. Like that's fine. Mm. I like that. I like that. I feel like that's a big one for me recently. I've been trying to, trying to just, you know, take it easy and slow down. And then having those moments is it helps you recharge, you know, yeah, it yeah. helps you, it helps you bounce back stronger because that's when, you know, in fitness, we say it all the time when, when, you know, the growth happens when you rest, you know, when you, yeah, yeah, exactly. You, yeah. When you, on a muscle you can't, like, you can't work out 24 hours a day, <laughs> like burn out, pass out. Right. And you call the ambulance. And you're like, <laughs> yeah, so and hopefully not that, that. But. <laughs> yeah, that's happening. It's happening to my, like, I know. I remember I was in the gym for like two, three hours. And then my friends were like, man, what's going on? What are you doing? And as I was talking to like some mentors and they were like, no, you got to like rest, man. You like take time off. And I didn't know it. I was getting injured. And so I, I went, you know, I did things wrong and got injured and everything. And I feel like I told my clients when I became a trainer, I said, Hey, I went through everything and took on all the years of pain so that you don't have to, to do that. So now I can, I can pass down to you everything that I know. And I feel like that's why big thing for me is, is mentors and in, in your life. And, you know, that's my biggest message, I think, is to, to get somebody that is doing what you want to do and then just just shadow him or her and just go after them and like be relentless and, and just be hungry and just say, <laughs> I'm willing, I'm willing to do what it takes. Like my fitness manager, like we joke about it till this day because we work together again and I just followed him around and I asked him questions. <laughs> like, like a little puppy. I, oh, just, just like that. It's all like, no shame. Like, hey, how do you do this? What does this mean? You know, why do you do it like that? And it, it's just so important just to have that constant curiosity, you know? And I, and I think that is, is a big, you know, game changer for a lot of people. A lot of people lose that and they, they think they start knowing everything and you got all the answers and you oh, don't no. need- yeah, you right. check you yourself when that starts happening. That's exactly it. So I try to keep that beginner's mind all the time and always, always being curious. So for you, or maybe I should say for the listeners, like how you were lucky enough because you found your manager to be kind of like your mentor and someone to shadow, but how does someone who wants to maybe break into a new industry or like try something, even find someone like as a mentor, is that just like finding someone on Instagram and messaging them? Like, how does one even go about finding someone because right mentorship I feel like is something that a lot of people are like oh if only I had a mentor I can do it but then there's mm-hmm. also the people who are like doing it who are like Ugh, like there's so much that comes with being a mentor that like I don't want to feel like I'm personally responsible for mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so going about finding a mentor I think the first important thing to do is to find out who you are you know and what you want Right. And having just an honest conversation with yourself before you do like, like anything with anybody else and saying, you know, what, where do I want to go? What do I want? There was a, a great book I read. It was called your, your next five moves. And it was by Patrick bet David, but it's someone that I kind of, I look at a lot and I really like his story, but you know, he has like a questionnaire where you go through and you kind of ask yourself, you got to find that out. And then Finding the mentor is, is yeah, exactly. Is, I look for credibility, obviously, and competence is a big one. So like, if you're trying to be, you know, the next best personal trainer, then go shadow a master trainer, right? And just ask him or her questions nonstop and just literally, <laughs> and it just repeat what they're doing. You know, that, that's, a, that's a big one. Just like repeat it and don't get in your own way. Like I try, I got in my own way sometimes. I was like, no, it's got to be this way. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like stick to this formula and, and run it. And, and I just, I just literally just did that. And a lot of things I did in my life, I, I did that. I just, I said, somebody successful is already doing that. I said, mm-hmm. So why do you, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Yeah. You don't, yeah. Just, right? just, just run this. <laughs> and then, and then you can figure it out later on. Maybe totally. you want to change it later on. So I think, you know, reaching out to finding people online, you know, you probably get ignored a few times. 
Oh yeah. That's you know, uh, that, yeah. With this podcast, I'm sure you get the same thing with reaching out to people. Like I, at first I was like, Oh, these people, they're so terrible. They're personally victimizing me. They don't want to, they don't <laughs> oh, want to yeah, respond. I went that. And now yeah. it's like, I meant to like, Oh man, like 200 responses and no one say anything back. Like, okay, let's do another hundred. Like whatever. It's fine. That's exactly it. I think, I think you got the, you got the right mentality. It's that, you know, the large numbers uh, rule there, the more you do, the more people you reach out to, like you're going to get a yes, you know? So mentorship, same way, like don't get offended or don't get in the feelings when it doesn't happen. Cause you know, I did, and it just takes one. Yes. You know, and then you got to be willing to like, to just, you got to dive in, Yeah. you know, you got to say, you know what, it might mean working for free a little bit. You know, but you exchange, you get that knowledge, you get that time, you get that that mentorship under that person. It'll it'll change your life. You know, so I think reaching out. You know, let's say like emails, they they do a lot. Like Instagram, I tried doing that, and you know, looking at someone that's kind of doing what you want to do, and just say, you know, I, I kind of see what this is here, and this is kind of like the path that I want to lead into, and then reaching out that way, and just saying, look, I'm I'm willing to do what it takes, or even saying, if you'll have a conversation with me, you know, even an email, like I try to go real low. Like, can I just shoot an email once every like two weeks with like a couple of questions of things that are on my mind, you know? It's and, actually kind of nice. Cause it's like, you're, you're still like, right. One question doesn't seem like it's a huge, if you make it very specific, it's not a, it's not like, tell me your whole life story. Like, okay, I don't have time for this. Like, but if you ask like, what's the best or like, where's the best place to buy gym equipment or like whatever, right. One specific thing. Okay. These are the resources they have. Let's go with that. Like one specific thing. What's the microphone you use for podcasting, which is the best. Okay. That's one question. It's one off. Like I like that. Yeah. That's it. That's so great. I never thought about that. That's, that's exactly it. the specific thing I think is the best to ask. And I think another one that's so important too, is a lot of people, they want and take to take all the time, but you have to be able to, to give something too. Right. But like, how would you do that? So for example, let's say I found like, I can even use you an example before we actually got connected for the podcast. Let's say we didn't meet over matchmaker FM. And I saw that you had right almost 10,000 followers on Instagram and you're podcasting and like your feed is all pretty. And I want to reach out to you. Like, how do you even, for me, like, let's say someone's little, they're just starting their business or they're just trying to figure it out. What could I even offer you? That would be of help. What could I even do that would have, because right there's even for me, I, you know, I now have 10 episodes for my podcast. I have this whole thing going, but I'm still hesitant sometimes to interact with people who are even slightly above me because I think I maybe don't have something of value to give or exchange. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think so. It was real funny. It's a great question. I was reading a book called Tools of Titans by Tim Ferriss. Great book. And there was this guy in there and I'm, I'm so upset that I'm drawing a blank on, on the guy, but I bookmarked it because it was so brilliant, but he would go to meetings, right? And <laughs> there was all these like high level executives in there and he would sit down and he would start taking notes without even like asking or anything. Like he, he worked in the same building and people were like, Hey man, like, what are you doing here? You know? And he's like, Oh, I'm, I'm here to be your note taker. Oh, and oh and people, people were like, <laughs> oh, okay, whatever. That's weird. But cool. Yeah. Go for it. And so he just started doing like grunt, like grunt work or taking on the grunt work that people didn't want to do. And then eventually they saw value in him and then they, they kept him around more. They gave him more things to do. And then he, he kind of became part of that circle. So it could be anything, you know, it could sometimes like if it's remote, it's going to be kind of tough, but you know, it, it could be, if it's, if it's someone like in person, you just like pick up things that they don't want to do. It's like, Hey, is there like, I'm willing to exchange my time and effort for some advice, you know, just asking them, is there something that I can do? That's such a smart idea. Right. Is there something? It's like your time and effort, like people that are, you know, semi, you know, they got their own thing going on. They're going to want, they, they'll appreciate that. And they have so many things that they might not want to do. So you picking that up is like a godsend for them because they're like, oh yeah, I'd love to like get rid of this thing. Or even, you know, some people just do it out of the goodness of their heart. They'll say, you know, if this guy, if this person's asking, then I'll, then I'll do it. You'll be surprised, but a lot of people don't even don't even ask. Oh, wow. Yeah. I remember when I was working at, you know, the big box gym there, uh, there was, you had all these people that were making like six figure salaries as trainers and the new trainers would never come and say, Hey, you know, like what, what do I do to get like that? How do I become successful like that? And I remember the ones that did and no joke, they, it, 
those ones stayed on and made six figures. And then the ones that didn't just eventually left. Um, that was, there was more with more reasons than that. Mm-hmm. But that was one of the big ones there. I, I did notice the people that asked, the trainers that would ask all the time, myself included. When I first got hired, I, I went up to the master trainers right away. I said, hey, you know, what, what are you doing? How do I do this? If I didn't know, I mean, I ask questions like, yeah, I feel like some of the questions I ask people are like, like this is a weird question. <laughs> oh my God, like, I get that all the time. I feel so I dumb sometimes. You're just like, oh, like I didn't word that correctly or like right. maybe it came off wrong. And then I'm like, oh my God, I'm so terrible. I'm too much. Like, It's a, a story of my life. And <laughs> I feel like for me, it's, um, I've gotten better with the, the question asking, but I think, yeah, giving up your time and effort or, or even just asking if there's something that you can do. Is there something I can do? That's so smart. It's a good one. Yeah, seriously. Now, so to bring it back a little bit, did for all these, like the the thing you did with the training and finding the gyms and now being a multi-gym owner, did you need a lot of schooling or like a lot of money or a lot of connections to actually get it started? So you're going to laugh at this one, but I have a uh, high school diploma. Really? That's that's, yeah. That's that's (laughs) That's awesome. You're able to like, you know, right? I think. Well, now people are straying away from it, but back then, right? You had to like go to college, get the good job, get married, have the kids, like do the the order of succession of like what is right versus now everyone's like, fuck you, (laughs) like no, we're not doing that. Right. I feel like it's such a big shift that's coming up with all of it, and I'm just really interested to see kind of how that goes because everyone's sort of gravitating away from that and it's it's crazy right but it's super cool for me yeah i got got the high school diploma i I barely i think they gave it to me just like you know what (laughs) he needs (laughs) it like one charity case a year let's give it to this guy right here so i i got that and it it was i was grateful and you know my mom i love my she she helped me so much and she she championed me there you know so you know thanks mom and so the the i think I did, I did go to community college. I did some college there. Honestly, yeah, to answer that, I would say the connections are a big one. You know, it's your, it's your circle and it's the people that you're, you're surrounded with that, that can, can make or break you, you know? Um, you mean like also like on a personal level, not just in business? Yeah. Yeah. Personal level. And then in, in business as well, both of those. Yeah. I think that that's been the main thing in my life that's kind of led me to, I, I owe it all to, to the people around me. I really, truly do. I'm a lucky guy. I, you know, I, a mentor took an interest in me when I was younger. I met another guy took an interest in me. Then when I became a trainer, I met, you know, all these clients that were different walks of life. You know, they were like, if one was from New York, one was from, you know, LA, like they were all, you would never meet these people in like five years if you were just walking around from a nine to five typical, like you just meet the people at work and then you go home unless you're part of like some social networking group. But I would meet all these people. And they all gave me insights. You know, one was an advisor, one was a real estate agent, one was a, uh, you know, a nurse. And I would learn so much by, by asking them questions. So I was training them, but they were like teaching me stuff. And I was like, this is the best thing ever. <laughs> so, so like, honestly, it, it's just that the people that were around me, I think that the connections are huge, I think. And, and not in a like superficial way, like you got to go and just network with people, just genuinely connect with people and take an interest in them. Mm-hmm. You know, like just ask them stuff, like how do they get to where they got to? What's their life story about? And, and build that connection with them and appreciate them because they, they, you never know what they can teach you and what you can take away and what, you know, you can offer them. Right. So I think that was the big one. Education was big because I eventually got into just reading a lot of books, to mm-hmm. be honest. I, a mentor passed on the books to me and she said, you know, you gotta, gotta read. And she would quiz me on them. <laughs> and she, she was relentless, man. I mean, she would show up and she would ask me, she was my client. She said, you know, how was that book? And I said, well, uh, I said, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't have time to, to read. She said, you have time. She's from New York, like Wall Street. Oh, yeah. Was, right yeah, over here. Yeah. So feisty. Yeah. Like, shout, <laughs> shout out to you. Shout out to you ladies out there, honestly. <laughs> and she, she was just on top and she would not take no for an answer. And I was like, man, she's not giving up on. So I like I had to go and I finally like read one page and then. That, that was the big one for me. It was just, just widening my, because don't get me wrong, you can have as many connections as you want, but if you're not like working on yourself, like up-leveling your mindset, mm-hmm. your education, right? And, and what you know, 
I read like business books, um, psychology Were you, books. Like always a reader, or was that something that later in life you realized was like, like maybe your Trojan horse to get into like your future like business life? It's it's a great thing that you asked. My mom, she did two things for me when I was growing up. She got me into martial arts, and she subscribed me to Men's Health magazine. Right. So I always read Men's Health magazine growing up. So I was kind of had like a knack for for fitness and and health and stuff. So I understood it and I was fascinated by it. I love the like articles about science and things like that. And I owe a lot of it you know, to, to Men's Health because I, I still read it till this day and I learned it's a things. Great magazine. My mom, she'll get it. She gets both women's and the men's health because she's super into fitness and like they're really good. I mean, some of the workouts in there, they I look at the women's one, I'm like, oh, that's lame. And then I go to the men's, I'm like, that's what I want. I want that one. <laughs> <laughs> that's so awesome. And so I'm like, all right. And then, you know, so I started, it was like I had a little habit of doing it. And I just remember like when I started reading. I would feel like I knew more and more. And I just told myself, like, I think like anything in my life, I just decided to do something and stick with it, including mm -hmm. my fitness, working out and everything. So I just told myself, you know what, I'm just going to read every day and I'm going to see what happens, right? I'm just going to see what's going on with it. So I, I read and read and read and it stuck. And I just started realizing that I was like conceptualizing things better. I was unlearning things that I had, I thought were true. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. That's it. Right. Reprogramming your brain from your childhood uh, is like, so like it's oh. so it's ridiculous how much it actually helps like you don't realize how many like not that your parents did anything wrong but right your generational views on health money like relationship everything will carry with you unless you completely rip it from under you and start with a new foundation so true so true it's i feel like you're saying everything i think of like this past 48 hours and and then that because like yeah, that programming is like it just sticks with you. Wait, why and, did something happen within the past like forty eight hours? That you know, was like, I, oh I, my god, this is it. This is the thing. I, was, I think I was, <laughs> I was looking at it's real fine. I was looking at neuro linguistic programming, and I was like, what is this thing? As I always heard about it, but it was I think the lady was talking about it. And it was like a spokesperson on it, and she said, you know, it's hard for you. Actually, I know what it was. I had a, I had a guest interview, and she was telling me about an LP in that unconsciously or subconsciously you have that programming and it's one of the hardest things because you default to it yeah every time right okay. so i started so i meditate every day right so i started taking like notes of when i fall back on my programming right so i'm like i think of certain situations i'm like ah i'll do it later i'm like oh that's your original like that's what you go to that's okay. what you fall back on every single time so like every time it happens now, I'm cognizant of it. And I go, I try to do, I go against it to use a little more discipline, right? To say, okay, no, this is important to you. You need to do this. It's like, I just want to like, sometimes I just want to just chill, you know? Oh yeah. I'm, I'm sure <laughs> yes. you feel that. Oh, I feel like, yeah. I like, like the whole love relaxing now. I actually have to like force myself to, especially now that I'm running my own show versus like, right. When you work for someone else, right. You kind of can put up your hat at the end of the day, like hang up your coat. Cause you know, it's someone else's business. But when like you're running the show, like you got to show up because people are now watching you. Like I, not that I don't have a choice. I'm actively doing this. I enjoy it, but like, Holy crap. Like, like I told you about me, my Wi-Fi issue before I was in a yeah. fucking panic. Cause I was like, Oh my God, three people are relying on me. I have so much on the right belt. Like I can't, I can't not do it. Right. But I also need to go to bed at 9 PM and make sure I like, eat well and like journal and like all the things that's exactly you're very wise for thinking that it, it took me a while I would, I would burn myself out especially starting the business like it was sometimes where i would just like your head spinning you know and i'm like I'm well, how do you even what? like how do you even hit like when you get to the point of where you were where you're like you have so much going on, right? Mo running, doing multiple things. You have multiple partners, right? You have to manage a whole different triage of relationships. That's a whole nother monster. But then, right, client complaints, phone calls, like the meetings, the like, and then the social life. Like, what about that? Like, how do you even manage all of that? You know, so I started doing, so I started waking up, like I was waking up a little bit later and I was like, yeah, this isn't going to work anymore. So I, I wake up around like 4.30 or 5 a.m. And then, I'll start working on my stuff right away. So I start my reading, I start my writing, meditate, and then work out, get all that done. So by like 8 a.m., I'm like ready. So for me, 
I set reminders nonstop about everything that's happening. Like just my business partner, I have like an ongoing joke, but like we're setting reminders for reminders, you know, and it's just like, it's, it's like, it remind me that I have a reminder and I'm like, it, that, that's a big one scheduling. So like I do a big scheduling thing. And honestly, it's a lot of it's psychological, like as human beings, I heard, I think it was like Tony Robbins that said it, that you're not, we're not programmed for taking on like that much. Right. So you really have to, like human beings, we're supposed to like hang out and, you know, the trees and, you know, get some sun, mm-hmm. swim in the ocean and stuff, you know, eat something. Right. So it's like when you're doing all this stuff, it's so like new, you know, and I'm sure you probably experienced it with the podcast where you got to like systemize it. Right. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, like it's like another language. I mean, the best thing is like technology, right? Like, for example, like Calendly calendly yes. like that yes. thing where it schedules your stuff automatically with the zoom link like it takes the effort out i used uh, to have to go back and forth back and forth on emails to find a time slot that worked for my guests now i'm just like here's a link like do it yourself like the that's it the bus. that's it and I, and I think that's kind of it in a nutshell is what's the easiest way or to systemize or automate everything right so psychologically in the beginning it was really really hard because so much would come on my mind where i was like I have like 50 things that I'm thinking about. I have like a mini like panic attacks because I was like, <laughs> yeah. no joke, like anxiety was hitting me up, panic attacks. And then like that one night I told you, I like, I was, I just passed out. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm done. I, I went, I just like fell on my bed and slept for like 10 hours. And then I woke up and was like, all right, I got to change something because this system that I have when I was a trainer, it's like, it's not working anymore. You have too many things you're juggling. So I learned psychologically to like compartmentalize a lot of things. And once I put it as a reminder or I schedule it, I put it out of my head so that your brain literally like your mind doesn't have to store it, you know, because you cannot store like it's just just overload, like things going to short circuit, you know? So that was a big one was like psychologically figuring that part out, delegating a lot. So things that required for you, like delegating, like. So something that I have, well, not so much now, cause I don't have anything to delegate at the moment, but like people that I've worked with or myself in past roles that I've worked at at jobs, like sometimes it's difficult for me to delegate things because I know I'm going to get the job done efficiently. I know I'm going to get it done the way that it needs to, but how do you even delegate to something or someone who is even new or has no idea about actually how to do it? Like, was there a learning curve for you to get to that or just, you're like, sure, oh, do it yeah. all. Like, oh do it yeah. hundred percent. Like I, I'm big about clear communication and, and doing things the right way. So and that's not to say I don't mess up. I mess up all the time, but I feel you have to like clearly write. I, I like to write everything out and just say, this is kind of where it's at. And I don't leave anything to chance so that it's clearly communicated and the expectations are set. Cause then if you, as I've done, I, I learned from everything I learned from doing. So I, I did it a few times. And when a mistake happened, I was like, oh, that's because you didn't say this and this. And I'm like, oh, that's, I didn't say that. And so I was like, okay, so I have to like do that. And I feel like it's in relationships and in general, like mm-hmm. you just have to oh, be yeah. like, yeah, oh, hey, yeah. I, hey, I'm I'm mad. Why are you mad? Well, I'm mad because you did this and then this happened. Okay, all right, now I see it. Then you understand each other, right? So for me, it's like okay, like clearly communicate, you know, what it is and what you're expecting. So it was hard in the beginning, but then you know you looked at it like you can't be like bogged down with mm-hmm. like day to day stuff because yeah. then you're you're in that and you're not like now as a person told me like, like you're not working on the business, you're working in it. So I'm like, and then just, you don't, just, you don't get further because like, you're doing all these little things, you know, and then the whole day goes by. Yeah. And, then, and you like, feel like you got nothing done. Another one was, it became a little bit easier as I realized that everything changes so fast in business, right? Mm-hmm. You're in an environment that nothing is like something will happen at 8am and you think it's like doomsday. And then by like 3pm it's gone. And you're like, what the, I can't, you just realize that you can't tie yourself to something and get emotionally bogged down by it because it could mean nothing. And what I mean by that are like, you know, during the pandemic, for example, like we would have like news on daily was like, Hey, we're shutting down, we're reopening, we're shutting down, reopening. And then you just have, you're just like on the seesaw, you don't know (laughs) what, what to do. And you're like, you know what? you can't let it get to you and you have to be, you know, just above all that. 
And the, the thing that is most important is having practices in place for yourself. To I was you were reading my mind. I was just going to ask, was right. meditation a new practice that you brought into your life to help with those, like maybe business hiccups or emotional flare-ups or like whatever you want to call it, or are there other things or strategies that you use that help too? Absolutely. Working out was exercise, a big one that I've done five, four or five days a week. That has really helped me just, just, you know, get out of my head, work out. It's like a, you know, just a little tiny escape. And then I actually had a, so I was getting ready to move and there was like all this stuff that I had to do. Right. Cause I had my life in, in LA and I was like, how am I going to, I got to do all that. I got to do this. I got to do this. Cause and what it was, was it was showing me, okay, you're about to like step into a next level stuff here. So like, let's see, let's, you know, it'll, you know, life will test you and push you around. And it's up to us to kind of see those as what they are, right. As tests. Dude, it's like, I forget what the phrase was, but someone had said something like, oh, like people want to grow. Right. And then they say, oh, well, if you give me a sign, then I'll like, you know, then I'll do it. But it's like, no, no, no. Like that sign is actually like the universe, God, higher force, whatever you want to call it. Fate is actually testing you in the moment to see if you're will, if you're ready to rise, because then you've risen, right. You've, you've gone to the next level because you acted on it. That's not, um, you know, that's not for you to say, oh, maybe then I'll do it. Like that's your moment. So fucking do it. That's right. That's right. That's exactly it. Once you start getting things in motion, that's when, you know, like you said, whatever the, the higher power of the universe is or God is, and, and it pushes you and it, it helps you because it says, okay, now he's he or she's finally starting to, you know, do something. So now let's, let's get, get some, you know, assistance going. So for me, the meditation I got into is I had I, like a, it was like, I was getting ready to move and I had this like panic attack. And I woke up in the middle of the night and my mind, my head was just racing. Like there was just so much going on. My mind was racing. I had so much things that I was thinking about. And that for me was my, my signal. So I was like, all right, what you're doing right now, is not working for what's happening. I was like, because I try to listen, you know, to, to feedback. Right. So I'm like, this is, this is feedback. And this is telling you something you know, what are you going to do? So it was funny, but I, I was reading men's health and I was reading about like his headspace app. Oh yeah. Right. So by the way, that's things changed. Andy putting combs changed my life. He's the, like the founder of headspace. So I doubt, I went back and I said, I read something. I read something. I went back. I, I went back to men's health. I looked back. I said, headspace meditation lowers anxiety. Okay. I was like, all right, let me try this. So, so I downloaded the app and then I was like, I'm, I'm like super, everything I do, I chunk down. So I'm like, I'm not meditating for 20 minutes. It's way too long. I can't do this. And I was like, okay, well, what about like one minute? Can you do that? And I was like, you know what? Yeah, I can do one minute. Cause I, I trained so many people. I finally started to figure out how to use it on myself. <laughs> so I was like, okay, let's, let's trade it. Let's, let's do one minute. So I meditated for a minute and no joke. I got, I got kind of emotional, you know, and it stopped me because it, it made me sort of think. And I was like going on the verge of tears because it was the first time after four and a half years of working like 60, 70 hour work weeks that I took that moment to, to slow down. Like for yourself, like for myself, for you. you know, so I, I worked so, so many hours nonstop. I mean, I, I'm sure there's like a, I get diagnosed for something. I don't know what, but I definitely burned out and when I did that, that's when I slow, it forced me to slow down and it forced me to stop and just take a mindful moment. So as soon as that happened, I was like, okay, something, something is here. Something is good about this. It's doing something. So I stuck with it. And that meditation alone was just a game changer. So I did the, the three minutes. I eventually got to five and now I do 10 in the morning and I do 10 at night. It's so awesome. It's yes. like one of the best things that in journaling has been like, game changers for me oh you so you meditate oh nice um, journal but too. Dude, i just I, like, got in a was journal. crazy in my 20s and i like went i was one of those people who i either didn't do it or i like went to 100 so my start of a meditation journey was i went to vipassana which is like an, a meditation retreat That's 10 so days cool. of silence i was in tears it was so hard because all i did right my name's gab all oh, i do is man. talk so for me to like i couldn't talk there was no eye contact like they completely cut off the senses so that 
the idea is so that basically you get so in tune to yourself, right? You get forced to listen to the squirrels running around your head wow. and they eventually go away, right? They go away and you're almost like, like you said, like on the verge of tears, because for once I'm just seeing things as they are versus me like, right? Because you have a monologue, right? You're looking, oh, that, that's a gray desk. That's a blue wall. That's that's green grass. Mm-hmm. Like this, this guy's cute. Like, right? You're like constantly talking to yourself wow. about like the things that are going on around you versus just like being there. So like- you know that was so great but it was so challenging to do but so now like the beauty in it is now I can really quickly get to back to a place of like quietness and it has been probably one of if not the most impactful thing for my like for everything that is so cool that you did that so 10 days huh yeah like, it, it like- sucked like it, it like the, the, the silver lining was like I got so much out of it but it was it was so painfully challenging and also I will say I was obsessing about this guy in my early 20s that I met right he was like super cool and he was older and like so of course I went to this meditation retreat and all I was doing was thinking about him <laughs> and like so I was like trying to like right you're like supposed to focus on your breath and like focus on like you and all I'm just thinking about is like boy 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 and so it was like so, you know, I think it was by the third or fourth day, I finally like found some peace in it. And it was then like pleasurable. Like I actually enjoyed the quiet and like was sleeping so much more restfully than I usually did. But yeah, it was, it was wild. That's It's so cool. That you even did that in your twenties. Like I, I got into meditation. I messed around with it when I was like in my teens. And then um, I never, I don't think I touched it again until, yeah, it was 2018 is when I got into it. So I was what? I think it was like 35. So it was like, wow. you know, I've been doing it consistent, but oh, I, I you know, the, I recommend it to everybody. Like, just, just take two minutes, just take yeah. two minutes and just, just sit down, slow down and give yourself an opportunity and, and stick with it daily. Consistency and is key. It's key. Dude, like, it's I feel, like perfect. You don't even need to be perfect. And that was everything. Like when I started the podcast, like my microphone sucks. Like I am extremely loud and my laugh is annoying. And like the art is not perfect. The Like all these things, but like, I'm still doing it. And you know what? That I think shows more than anything. If you just continually show up at the gym, at your job, like it, it just goes to show like you're committed. And when you're committed, things happen. Yeah. Like, magical per- things happen. Yeah. First of all, that couldn't be furthest from the truth. You rock. And then the second is like, <laughs> um, the consistency is key. Cause I was reading somewhere like most businesses didn't know what they were doing when they first started. Uh-uh. Out. And then they eventually like got on board or they, they figured out what they were doing. I was, I think I was reading a book and it was talking about Marriott. And I think Marriott started off by selling hot dogs. Believe Shut up. Not. Really? Yeah. Like that. That's I don't so know, funny. Like two guys, somebody well, got you guys together. started off as like, you were going to be like, clothes you were going to do a clothing brand yeah we we didn't know we just ran with ideas and then you know it goes back to kind of full circle what we're saying and how do you find out who you are and all that i think something that you can get behind and that is purposeful for you is kind of where it's at and my first thing is looking at your habits and your and your philosophies and what you think i think that's why it's so important and because if i got in like t-shirts like what I, that would have been cool, but then you become like this rich person off t-shirts and that's great. But like, is that going to be it? Like you just, this guy. Right. So like when I became a trainer, I remember when I first got my, my client, like results for the first, like my first client, I got results or lost weight. I remember laying my head down on a pillow that night and I said, okay, now I can, you know, I can leave this earth knowing that I did something and that I'm just not Aww. a waste. You know, because so I, I feel I feel like that's we all want to do something that has some sort of an impact. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to be out there and be a superhero, but are you tilting the world to you know a good place or are you going to the opposite direction? You know, which way are you taking it? So I think I think that's that's an important thing to ask yourself there. The the people that want to to go somewhere with that. So with personal mastery, like, did you, I know you said that you read that book and it had the list with the questionnaire, but like for someone who's just starting their personal mastery journey, like what are some telltale signs of like, oh, you're on the right path or like good questions or I should say activities to figure out like, this is the essence of me, right? This is who like I am and this is what I live for type of thing, right? Because especially when you're young, like you've lived 20 years of your life with everyone telling you what to do. 
as opposed to mm-hmm. you, t- like you dominating your life? How do you even pivot? Mm-hmm. You know, it's a great question. I think the first step is you have to have self-awareness. You have to, you have to stop at a moment and say, okay, like the honest conversation with yourself that we talked about. And the second step is kind of paying attention to what you gravitate towards. Right. So for me, I was like, it, it, take, it takes a moment, right? So what do you gravitate towards? And then I think the third one is, is paying attention to, to pain, right? A lot of people, they, they get away when they feel something painful. You find out a lot about yourself and how you deal with that. You mean like actual physical pain? Like you got punched or you mean like, yeah, like, that's, like that's, you, you can learn like, a lot like, from that too. But Like pain um, in, the, in the sense of like, I'm doing something that I really don't like. Like it's yeah, constricting, yeah. like it hurts in that sense of like, Right. I think, let me clarify. I think that's, that's a great clarification. Pain in, in terms of like, okay, you're, you're walking down. Um, let's say you, you studied for a test that then you got like a D or something or an F like, and you feel terrible about it. What do you do when that happens? Mm-hmm. Right? Cause some people go out and they get drunk with their buddies and forget about it. Or some people say, well, better luck next time or make an excuse. So I think the most important thing is to, is to, when something unfortunate happens, that's not in your favor. Mm-hmm. That's painful for me. Right. Yeah. Or like something unexpected. And it's like, what do you do when that pain comes? You know, cause that's the most important thing. And I feel like paying attention, I think that should be the first, first thing is to pay attention to what you feel pain towards. Right. Like some people, you know, um, some clients, they, they feel pain when, you know, they want to lose weight or, and they're not, you know, they haven't, they're not happy with their body. Right. Or, or it could be any fitness goal. And if mm-hmm. someone, a guy trying to put on muscle, they're all, you know, they all have goals out there. And it's like, when you feel that pain and you're not happy, like, what is that? What do you do when that happens? Right. Do you take action and, 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 you know, lean into it and ask yourself, like, why do I feel this? And what can I do about it? Instead of, you know, like we, we joked about earlier, because the big thing that I did is I, I went to the victim route. I oh, said, yeah, I well, that for a while. I, I did that for a long time. And I was like, you know, this is uh, the whole world's against me. And I'm like, you know, is it though? Like, is that what's happening? So I constantly ask myself questions. So I think a big one is, is asking yourself, just constantly inquiring about yourself, that self-awareness, asking yourself questions, having, you know, you know, the, the analyzation and, and a positive way of yourself, what you gravitate towards and that evaluation of yourself, you know. Who am I? What do I want to do? And you're not going to find the answer on the first time you ask yourself. Oh, no. So, no. so like, like you're going to like journaling is a big one. Like talking That's about like, my favorite. I forced myself to do that. I started doing it in like 2015. Cause I was like awesome. 23 and I was really struggling. Like it was 23. They don't blink when 82 is not joking when they say, no one likes you when you're 23. Like 23 is a rough fucking year. It's not a fun year. You're so uncomfortable with yourself and people. Yeah, it's not great. And so I use journaling as a way of like, so I didn't word vomit on someone. I word vomited on paper. And so now it's been, it's 2021 and I, it's now six years later and I journal almost every single day. And it's the best, not only to look back and see how much you've grown, but like, as you said before, right, you're dumping out what's in your brain. You're not overloading yourself. And it's like, at least it's somewhere else. So if I want to reflect on it, but also if you don't fuck it, it's just on a piece of paper and throw it out, whatever. That's exactly it. I think that's the, the answer that you just gave there is, is getting it out. The big one for me that helps me with my self-awareness is, is I, I talk a lot. If you can't tell already, everybody's like, this guy me. talks a lot. <laughs> this is why we go well together. Right. And I just feel like you, you gotta, like, I, I figure things out when I talk. Totally. So oh, yeah. Did you yeah, go through so, a phase where you would just like talk to yourself, like talk to a wall and like just randomly have oh, a conversation with yourself? Oh yeah. hundred percent. I like solve problems while I'm like taking a shower. I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what it was, man. And like, I'll be having conversations and I'm like, what am I doing? I gotta get out. But the, the, but it, it's so true for me. It's like, when I hear myself talk, I listen to what I'm saying Yeah. and I'm like, are you hearing this? Like, are you cool? Like with what's going on? I'm like, oh wow. This is like, this is where I'm at. And it, it has, it has me do that reality check with myself. So mm-hmm. Part of the first step of like self-evaluating is, is doing all those things, right? Is, is the self-awareness is finding out where you are, who you want to be, having the honest conversation, doing the hearing yourself out so that you can be honest about what it is. And then, you know, the, the second and third steps is, you know, finding, I think something that physically, you know, starts to 
get you moving somehow. So like you need some physicality. You mm-hmm. need to like either go on a walk or or do something to get you out of your it could be anything. And there's no yeah. right or wrong thing Any, for anything. me. Yeah. Like I, I'll go lift weights or run, surf. That's that's been a big one. And mine was like dancing or like doing yeah. DDR. Remember Dance Dance Revolution? That was my shit for a while. Oh, that was like man, a, I could never do that. I suck like, at those things. Dude, I was a psycho. I would do the two mats. That's how crazy I was. I was like a crazy teenager doing that. Was like my way of getting workout. Was like playing the stupid game. But like again, it doesn't matter. I was just working working out. You get your mind off stuff. So the, the, that personal mastery that that's kind of what helps there is, is having that. And then I think you were. We we're talking about the basically the next thing being, you know, having that self-awareness, knowing where you want to go with this, the first step, and then doing those other things that action-oriented behaviors with it, you know, like the journaling, the physicality, finding something that you like doing that pushes you to do that, right? Asking yourself the questions and never ever losing that sense of curiosity. Mm-hmm. Like, do not ever lose that. Whatever people do. Like always, always ask questions, always want to know more and, and be, be hungry for knowledge and, and apply what you, what you learn, you know, is that like, why you started Valueverse, like your podcast? Was it cause like, cause you seem like you're really hungry to learn more, but also like, you know, like you said, like to talk. So like podcasting is perfect, yeah. but how did, how did you even get to right? multi-gym owner? And now you have your own podcast. I think for me, it was like something big that was, that was non at me for a long time. Cause I, I had social media and I, I was starting to just put like, put up posts every day that I just grew the account of my Instagram. And I was like, I'm just going to just put out like useful information. And I was like, okay, now what are you doing? Like, well, you know, all oh, this podcasting, looks pretty cool. And a good way to find out if an idea is going to stick is to, is to try to like get rid of it. Right. What do you so mean I, get rid of it? So for me, I was like, it was on my mind a lot. I was like, you know what? How about this? It's too difficult for you to do. Let's just not do it. And then now you don't have to do it and it's done. So I gave myself that freedom and, I, and then, it, you know, it, it came back. It was like, no, this is, I, we want to do this. And I was like, all right, so now it's not going away. So and then that, that's what I mean by that. So I tried to like, I tried to stop. And I wanted a space where, cause I felt like I, I didn't want to do like videos on Instagram. Like this is how you do like, you know, an exercise and there's a great space for that, but I just don't think I'm there. So was, I was trying to find a, a medium that I could have like conversations, connect with, you know, obviously awesome people like you. And, and I feel like it's a great thing to just talk to someone about these things. And I was listening to, you know, the Tim Ferriss show and I was wondering like, you know, that, that helped me a lot. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was like, well, what if you had that and help people with kind of, you know, what that is? So I was like, yeah, but what do I make it on? So for me, it was all about, that personal finding yourself, listening to other people that were in the same boat that you were or that you are, what they did, right? and having that space for them to, to grow and to look out what they did to succeed or whatever that is for them and what it means for you as the listener. So that was kind of the thing. I wanted it to be a space where people could literally obtain value. So, you know, verse being like a universe and then value being a space to obtain knowledge and and use it, right? That's the most important thing is a lot of people go out and they try to learn a bunch of stuff, but if you're not using it, then it's it's just sitting as as like potential, potential power that you have. And you gotta, you gotta put it to use. So the main thing that I message to people is like, discard the things that don't make sense and apply the things that do. Like you don't have to use everything. Yeah. It would, would be impossible to do so, you know? Yeah. It's exhausting so, too. <laughs> like how do you yeah, it is. like it's too much. So that's exactly it. So I feel like that that was it. And so that's kind of what it is. And I, I just want to focus on having like just putting out good content and, and helping as many people to have that space where a conversation can go on. And if you're listening in on it, you can learn something from it. Cause I know I have. Oh, that's know? why I got into podcasting too. Is like that's I awesome. feel like I've changed so much from listening to like thought leaders and speakers about like the tips and tricks on like again personal mastery like finding out what you enjoy and like how to eat how to start a business like there was a woman I listened to she was all about how to start from scratch and like that helped me because now I know like how do how did you wordpress like I didn't even know wordpress was a thing how do you like all these different tools calendly I didn't even know existed like 
you know, it, it makes a difference and your mindset, obviously, like that's a huge factor. It really does. And I feel like that was the, the main thing was to just get different people's perspectives. So that's a, that's a big one where I know I probably a lot of people experience it, but I thought I knew so many things, you know, and you've opened up a business, you find out you, you don't know <laughs> shit. You know? Yeah. And, yeah. and I was just like, wow, I learned so much. And that having that space where people can come in and say, okay, this person, this is this person's take mm-hmm. on what's going on. Right. And it's a real thing. And, and being open to that and ex- expose yourself to that is, is key. So that was, that was also a thing I, I wanted people to have access to that and, and doing that. So it's, it's just an, I, f- I feel like it's a great medium to learn from. Yeah. I love it. And it's great too. Cause like you can multitask. So I used to do it when I did laundry, I have to fold all my clothes and stuff. So great. that's exactly it. So one of the things I like to ask my guests before I wrap up the, the recording is if you could give advice to your younger self, what would that be? So do you have anything that you'd maybe lend to younger people that you wouldn't have wanted maybe do in your life? You know, if I have to, there's so many that I have. I think number one would be to, to listen more. Oh, that's you a really know, good one. I think, I think that's, and by listening, I mean it in all forms, you know, I mean, not only like through your ears, but look at the things you see and absorb the things that you learn and apply them. You know, I think that, I think that's, that's kind of where I, I should leave that. Cause that's listening is a big one. And if you just listen and, and you observe, you'll find so many things and find so many answers that way. I love how you frame that. Cause right. People think like, even from the way of you saying like observe, right. Cause if, like, for example, you saying, oh, well, you know, I don't want to do podcasting because it's too hard, but then you were observing the way that you were reacting and feeling towards it and it kept coming back. And instead of, again, just like slamming it down, you're like, you know what, let's just go with this. We're going to roll with it and see what happens. Like, That's right. And yeah, doing that's a big one, too. I feel like what you're saying is so true is just pursuing those your dreams. You know, that's that's if I have to, you know. There's, there's like a tie there, but pursuing your dreams is, is the most important thing because you have to overcome that resistance of not doing it. Like mm-hmm. it took me a solid year. I think it was, yeah, about a year, the pandemic, hit, I had all this time on my hands. Like, what am I doing? So about a little, a little less, maybe a little less than 11 months, something like that to, to launch it, to finally do it. And I had to overcome all the stuff. And, and I just said, you know, you, you have to do it and, and, and get it done because you'll look back one day. And the last thing you want to do is have like a regret. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. And it ties into listening too, because listening, if you listen to what that message is, it's just telling you, hey, like we want to do this. And it's it's, it's your it's your dream, right? It's something you want to do. It's you should follow that. And that's kind of what it was. I, I just had to I just say, you know what, I'm gonna do it. And if it if it bombs, then I guess I'll say I tried. But I can never now look back and say, Well, you never did that. Yeah. Because then that I, I hate that feeling, and I'm like, I never, I yeah, never want that. Yeah. I feel like I've done that. I did that more so when I was younger, and it was more like I wanted to talk to like someone who, like a cute guy at like a bar or something, and I chickened out, and then like beat myself up for the next 24 hours. But like, even with like opportunity, like job opportunities that I missed, which now I recognize like they weren't part of my path, but like still, like sometimes it sucks it's it sucks when you miss up on that golden opportunity or like when your gut is yelling at you to do something and you don't agree you don't like do it or subscribe to it like feel shittier to to not do it than to do it and fuck up that's exactly it i think that's the best way to to put it and it's just it's uncomfortable nobody wants to do it and you know the people that are doing what you did felt that too Mm -hmm. you know and they they went through it and figured out how to use it to their advantage you know they didn't it's not like they just woke up and were brilliant at something like they they were they worked at it and and that's the thing it's like you you have to put an effort into those things that that cause you to, to to think and some of those things were going back to like the pain aspect is whatever you feel is painful is like that's probably the thing you you might have to to do there you know and it's like, it, it was so uncomfortable when I was like, you know, you have so much resistance towards this thing. Like, you know, what will happen, you know, if you, if you actually did it, like, and you gave it a shot and it did well, or you liked doing it. And the first time I did, I was like, wow, that was, it was, it was easier than I thought. And yeah. I was like, yeah, that's like what happened there. Right. And it, it, it taught me so much. So it's, it's just important to, to follow that and listen to that and, 
and and don't give up you know keep showing up and that's that's it to, to people out there that you, you'll solve so many things in life if you just keep showing up mm -hmm. and fitness business you know something you don't know if you just just physically i mean literally do it all the time your body adapts you know your mindset adapts you you get better at it and so i have like a, it's like a three-part answer so like listen <laughs> Listen, pursue your dreams and show up. So that's, they're that's all what solid parts of like being successful. So, you know, right. Hit the nail on the head. Thanks. So I appreciate it. I'm still, I'm still working on, on, on being successful. I feel like it's never ending. Yeah. But that's the beauty of it. Right. If we had it all figured out life would, what's the point of living? Oh, dude. Right. Exactly. Yeah. If I knew it all at 27, why would I live to hundred? Well, not mm. whatever. 90. We'll say however long, long mm. <laughs> time. That's so true. So the, the journey, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Well, this awesome. has been awesome. I could probably talk to you for another three hours. <laughs> oh yeah, I feel like once we got on the phone, the first like the, the phone twenty call, minutes, we I was like, should we just turn it on and just go? Like, <laughs> <laughs> this has been so awesome. Thank you so hey, much. Thank for you being so on. much. Yeah. Of oh yeah. Thanks for having me on. It's it's been great and and super cool show you got. Thanks. Can't wait to hear more episodes as well. Thank you.